What's going on guys and welcome back to another episode of Wade's World. In today's episode we're gonna review week three of the NFL. Um, I was able to watch a little bit more uh, football this weekend compared to last. Um, I didn't get to really watch any game all the way through. I could have watched the Jags and Titans from start to finish but to be honest I didn't want to. I wasn't interested in that game. Uh, I saw Gardner Minshew the quick two touchdowns, and then really that's all that happened that game. Mariota got sacked nine times. The Titans' line sucks, and that's what's hurting them because otherwise they're a pretty solid team. Um, and if they can figure out the line situation, I know one of their linemen's uh, suspended right now for, I think it's PEDs. Um, so if they can figure out the line situation, I think they'll they'll be – They'll be okay, but uh, right now it looks like it's Colts or Texans um, in that division. Uh, I want to believe in the Minshew mania, but I I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, a, a sixth-round rookie is going to lead a team in a pretty solid division to go ahead and win it. Um, if he did, that'd be awesome. Great story, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go out on the limb and make that prediction. I hope he does well. Uh, I, I enjoy him and his personality and his, uh, his play, but, yeah, I, I don't see it. I wasn't particularly interested in the game going in. Like I said, I watched, like, a quarter of it, and then that was pretty much all that I could manage. Um, so we'll go, ahead and, we'll, we'll go ahead and skip over to the next game. Um. So the next game that I actually got to watch pretty much most of the way through was the Broncos and Packers, and that's just because it was on at work. And uh, I had a slow day at work, so I was able to go out on and watch it on the sales floor. And I was really surprised with how close the Broncos were able to keep it, um, with it being at Lambeau, and then also the turnovers. Um, there was There was one where... Flacco had no receiver within five to ten yards and threw it literally through the hands of one defender into the hands of another. And then right before the end of the first half, uh, Flacco fumbled and gave it to the Packers on like the five yard line. And yet it was still, you know, only an 11 point game. And I think I think the Broncos had the ball towards the end of the game, I mean, it wouldn't have done anything, just made it a one-score game, but, you know, still closer than I expected. Um, Rodgers looked a lot better uh, than what I saw from him in week one. Didn't really see much of him in week two, but just in terms of his rhythm, he he looked like he was feeling it a little more. Uh, So he's heating up, and that's always a scary thing because, I mean, I still think Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in the league. Um, He... Mahomes is like a younger version of him. Uh, I just think Mahomes has more weapons. Uh, if you were to place both of them in each other's situations, I think you'd have very similar results. So Mahomes is going to take that spot maybe by the end of this year, but I still think Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Um, and then you have other guys, but I think those are those are the two top in terms of talent. Um quarterbacks in the league at this moment um I also was able to watch the second half of the Giants and Buccaneers game and Daniel Jones surprised the heck out of me I I didn't have a lot of expectations for him um I was surprised he was starting this early but uh 
my biggest takeaway from the game is actually that I feel bad for Mike Evans. He had three touchdowns in the first half. Um, he had, I, I think it was like 160-some yards. Didn't really get any touches in the, maybe it was 180. He, he, uh, he didn't really get any touches in the second half, except he did get a big catch that set up what would have been the game-winning field goal that the Bucks kicker ended up missing. Um, hold on here. The so yeah, Mike Evans, eight catches, hundred and ninety yards, three touchdowns, fifteen targets. So yeah, I just really feel bad for him that he's stuck in Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know who could use him, but I I would just like to see him go to a team where he can play some meaningful meaningful football. But really, um, yeah, Daniel Jones balled out. Uh. Two two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, three hundred and thirty six yards. Um, had a eighty seven point nine QBR. I mean, he he just played incredible. Led him back from down eighteen points, which is the largest comeback the Giants have had in well years and years and years. They they showed a graphic that Eli Manning was like oh and whatever it may be, 0-20 or something like that when trailing by 18 at halftime. And Daniel Jones comes in, first game ever, eh, casually leads him back 18-0. He made some really good throws. The the game-winning touchdown for him, just the Red Sea just parted and he went right through it. Um, I mean, I don't think a lot of people have high hopes of Jameis Winston anymore at this point, but if if you do, I, I, I don't know why. Um... You, if you're a Bucks fan, you're probably just hoping that you can nab a Justin Hibbert or Jalen Hurts, or if if Tua slips or something like that. Because I mean, the Bucks will probably win about five games, six games this year, so they're not going to be a top pick. So you just got to hope you nab one of the top quarterbacks and they develop because it, it's time to move on from Jameis. And really, with Bruce Arians, they so. They had the ball in position to be a 29-yard field goal. And they took a delay of game. And Bruce Arians said after the game that it was intentional because he thought that a 34-yarder would in fact be easier than a 29-yarder, which um, ex-Colts punter Pat McAfee explained that in college, when kicking from the hash marks, the hash marks are actually a little wider, so sometimes if you back it up, it creates a better angle for it, which makes sense. But one, first problem, this isn't college. Two, after taking the penalty, Bruce Arians had Jameis Winston take a knee in the middle of the field before calling a timeout so that the kick was straight on. In no way possible is that ever going to be easier to kick it from further back. You don't have an angle. It is a straight shot. The wind wasn't really a factor from that close. And if he doesn't take that penalty, the kick goes in. Because the kick, it's not like he shanked the kick. The kick just barely missed by about a foot or so to the, I think it was the left. If it's five yards closer, the ball doesn't get to travel that far left. And then it stays within and the Bucks win the game. I don't know. I don't know the thought process. I think that's just 
he came up with it on the fly. He knew he had to defend himself, and that's what he went with. But that, that's a terrible explanation. Um, so the Bucks dropped to one and two. Surprisingly, the Saints go to two and one. I got to see a few plays in that. And when I say a few plays, I mean highlights plus a couple of plays where they go to the whole live happening now, like during halftime kind of thing. Um, I, I saw the punt return by the Saints to start the game, and I was really surprised because the, the Saints it ended up being 33-27, but really they were in control of the whole game. And like I said uh, last week, the Saints really, all they need to do is go about 3-3, three and three, and they should be fine in the six games that Breeze misses, assuming that he only misses six, um, which is what it's looking like so far. But, I mean, things happen. There could be setbacks. Um. So yeah, the the Saints are atop of their division at two and one. The Panthers finally got their first win, and I was able to watch most of the second half of that game. Um, they they took on the Cardinals. It was thirty eight twenty, relatively easy game. McCaffrey went off. Kyle Allen came in for Cam Newton. You know, got the start. Four touchdowns. Two of them to Greg Olson. Great security blanket to have the. You know, veteran tight end. That's that's just what you want a young guy to have. Um, so you know, not not surprising they won. The Cardinals are going to be bad all year. Uh, Miami will probably go winless, but the Cardinals will probably only win two or three. And uh, then then you know maybe they'll get get some more help for Kyler Murray because I they're not going to draft another quarterback. But uh, you know he. Kyler Murray, the the height thing is a problem. He is getting a lot of balls batted. But he's also just constantly having to run for his life because his line is terrible. So I'm assuming the offensive line will be addressed with the draft and maybe free agency. Um, I did get to see a lot of the Ravens and Chiefs game. It was uh, just on co-worker's phone, had the CBS app or whatever. And... Yeah, to me, watching that game, there's no way the Ravens should have lost. Uh, Kansas City seemed to be in control for the most part, but at the same time, it seemed like the Ravens just continually shot themselves in the foot. Um, they There were a lot of times where I think they went for the two-point conversion three times. They went, the, the Ravens, that is, they... Yeah, they, they their first score of the game, they went for a two-point conversion, which was strange to me. You have Justin Tucker. He's a great kicker. The second touchdown, they do kick it. Their third touchdown, they went for two, which at that time it made some sense. Um, it would have made it 21-30, to 30, which, you know, it's, it's so that a field goal – and a touchdown would give you the lead rather than tying it. Um, and then Justin Tucker hits a field goal. And then their last score, they went for two. Also didn't get it for the third time. So they went 0 for 3 on zero for three on two-point conversions, which, which the last one would have made it a three-point game. Obviously, you go for two in that situation. But the first one didn't make a lot of sense. The second one, I mean, being down 10 versus being down nine. I get it. You you want to go for the win if you get if you put yourself into that situation, but the Ravens defense just hasn't looked as good as uh as last year. 
And the Chiefs' defense is bad. It is still really bad. Uh, that's going to be what holds them back. Um, I just their their defense is terrible. Um, there's and Lamar Jackson played a terrible game. I'm not going to lie to you. 22 for 43, 267 yards, um, and let's see, eight rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown. But the the passing is a real problem because. He is not a good quarterback. He played a good team with a bad defense and didn't take advantage. There's the uh, there's the play early in the first quarter, I believe. I think it's right before they get their first touchdown. So it ended up not mattering, but this is an issue. Where they're going forward on fourth down, which they also did like four times, just also very aggressive of them. But he... Lamar scrambles, and he has Mark Andrews, his tight end, in the end zone, wide open. No one near him. And Lamar just takes off and runs and gets the first down rather than getting the touchdown. Now, I think that's the drive where Mark Ingram scored, so it didn't matter. But you're not. that's not a guaranteed touchdown. He got the first down, but they still had to score after that. He was 22 for 43. Um at least two of those were wild cross body, just throwing it up in the air and hoping the receiver made a play on it. And it ended up working out for him. But those are throws. You throw that against a defense, against a good defense, not even a great one, and it's getting picked off, at least swatted. But there there was no, no reason that the, they shouldn't have been picked off. The Chiefs' defense is just bad. Um. So, yeah, I really just – Baltimore should have won the game. This this made me think less of both teams, if that makes sense. Um, I just don't see either team really like – there was a lot of hype going into this game, but it just didn't – neither team really impressed me all that much. And something I've noticed about the Chiefs – so they, they put up zero – in the first, and then 23 in the second, and then 10 the rest of the game. And I think it was the Raiders game. They put up zero in the first, third, and fourth, but they scored 28 in the second. So they they score in bursts, and then they don't do anything else after. Um, so it's it's just a lot of, I don't know, man. It's, I don't trust the Chiefs as much as I did, and I, I wasn't super hyped on the Ravens anyway, given the two opponents they faced, but now I'm just even less so excited by them. So, yeah, I just don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm not changing any predictions until midway, but I I need to see more from the Chiefs if they're going to remain my uh, Super Bowl champions. Uh, The next game that I got to see... A little bit of was the Lions and Eagles. I got to see a few plays, and then I got to see the end of it. Are the Lions good, guys? I, I'm genuinely asking, are they good? I watched them blow the game against the Cardinals, and really they should have lost it because Matt Stafford about threw a pick six, and it just got dropped. But they ended up with a tie. But then they beat the Chargers, which I didn't get to watch. And then they beat the Eagles, which... Which, I will say, I was not personally, I'm personally not high on the Eagles. I will continue saying this 
until they do something that makes me high on them. But I have said since before the season started, not high on the Eagles. Also, their two best receivers were missing. They were both hurt, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. They were both hurt. Nelson Aguilar is your top receiver now with Zach Ertz. Um, I, I've not bought into the hype on them at all. They're one and two now, but the Lions pulled it out. That's not very Lions-like of them. Usually the Lions find a way to blow the games that they're not necessarily supposed to win, but in a position to win, I guess I would say. Um, yeah, so that there's that. Um, the, the Niners beat the Steelers 24-20. to Didn't really get to see that game. But uh, that does leave them at 3-0, tied with the Rams at the top, and the Seahawks losing put, drops them to 2-1. Two, two and one. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think that'll be a good race. Um, I think it'll end up coming down to Rams-Seahawks, but the longer the Niners stay in it, the more exciting it is. Uh, the Bills also managed to beat the Bengals at the end of their game. Uh, Frank Gore had a like one-yard run for the win. Um, and they're 3-0, tied for the AFC East, which that's they, they play the Patriots next week. They're probably going to lose by roughly 20. And it's, it's just going to be another easy AFC East campaign for the Patriots, but... Preseason, I did say I thought that the Jet, a team like the Jets, would have a chance to be in the running for the uh, wild card. Now I'm thinking it's the Bills. Uh, I'm thinking not the Jets because Sam Darnold's out with mono. Uh, they haven't really looked good, but the Bills are looking. I mean, I thought they would be a decent, decent team, but they're looking a lot better. Uh, I think Josh Allen has been improving, uh, progressing as he should. But, uh, yeah, I think they, they could be a dangerous team. They have a solid defense. Uh, Josh Allen has a rocket arm. He's a good mobile quarterback. He's kind of a kind of a less athletic, bigger arm Cam Newton. So, like, if you gave early Cam Newton more of an arm but less athleticism, if you know what I mean there. Um, so, yeah, I they, they might be in the conversation. Like I said, I'll, I'll do all of the midseason picks when that time comes. Um, I didn't get to see any of the Colts and Falcons game. Just some highlights. Uh, Jacoby's doing great. Um, I mean, I I still had them as a playoff team, even without Andrew Luck. I just think without kind of that dynamic plays that Andrew Luck makes, um, it kind of drops off with Jacoby. But Jacoby's a great decision maker. He's not. He's more of a game manager, but he can make big plays. He's just. Not as electric as Andrew Luck, which, I mean, is hard to do. Andrew Luck was one of the most dynamic playmaking quarterbacks in the league, so you can't expect Jacoby to just come in off the bench and do it right away. But he, he's having a good season. Marlon Mack's having a good season. The defense is still pretty solid. Um, the Falcons, I I mean, I saw predictions that they'd win the NFC South. Uh, Matt Ryan is not looking his best. Uh, I think he's... I don't think he's looked his best in a little while, a couple of seasons, but um, I, I really do still think that's the Saints' division to lose, uh, especially ha- currently leading, and I, I don't see Tampa Bay as a threat at all. Carolina, I mean, unless Cam Newton comes back and really figures it out, 
or if Kyle Allen just lights the world on fire. I mean, I can't look too much into the the Arizona game because it is Arizona. But really, Atlanta's the best bet to dethrone the Saints, and they they haven't looked the best. Um, They looked really bad against Minnesota. They were lucky to squeak out a win against the Eagles, and then the Colts, they only lost by three to the Colts, but it just from like looking at the scores and the highlights and things like that, it didn't seem like it was a three-point game. Um, I may be off because I wasn't able to watch it, but um, other than that, I didn't get to see any other of the day games. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to see the Texans and Chargers, um, so I don't really have an opinion on that. I am surprised that the Chargers are 1-2 and two, uh, starting out, but I mean, the Texans I still think are a good team, um, so I'm not shocked by the loss. I'm just a little disappointed that the Chargers are one and two. Really, they should be zero and three with the Vinatieri kicks, uh, which Vinatieri made all five of his kicks Sunday, which that was great for him. Had a good bounce back. He didn't end up retiring, obviously. Um, the Vikings just stomped the Raiders. I, I mean, it's the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are. You know, they had their good first Monday night game, and then I think they're just going to kind of fall off for the rest of the season, maybe win, go 6-10. and 6-10 and is my prediction for the Raiders. Um, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins isn't good. He's, he's literally turning himself into a game manager, which is fine. Nothing wrong with game managing quarterbacks. Uh, but if you're getting paid $84 million, maybe maybe you should put up numbers. I don't know. But you have Dalvin Cook. He's leading the league in rushing, so that's fine. Minnesota's defense seems okay so far. Uh, not not saying that they're great, not saying that they're bad. Like I said, haven't really been able to watch the games. So it's hard to tell just off of box scores and all that because you got to see how the flow of the game and all of that. Um, the Patriots beat the Jets 30-14, to and the only reason the Jets scored was a muffed punt. Uh, that they ended up recovering in the end zone, and then the Patriots back up through a pick six, which meant the Patriots didn't cover for any of those any of any of you who like to gamble. So that might have meant something to you, but you know that game didn't tell me anything. Cowboys beat the Dolphins thirty-one to six. I mean, duh, they were supposed to. Zeke had a good game, nineteen carries, hundred twenty-five yards. Dak threw two touchdowns to Amari, had a pick, which, I mean, isn't great, but, you know, you, you can't play a perfect game every time. They did what they had to do, 31-6, no big deal. Um, I mean, they have, a, they have a great opportunity, I will say, with, uh, with Philadelphia and Green Bay playing on Thursday. That, that's a big game for Dallas because if – I really only see Philadelphia as a threat to them, but if if Philly drops to one and three, and then the Cowboys can go to four and zero, oh, that's that's big. That is big. Um, so that's that's an important game for them to watch. Um, I was able to watch most of the Rams and Browns game, and I got to say I am worried about the Browns. There was a stat at one point in the game, Baker Mayfield was. It was something like 2 for 12 when given 
two and a half second when it took him two and a half seconds or more to get the ball out of his hands. But he was twelve for thirteen when he got the ball out of his hands and under that time. Um, and that's that's an interesting statistic. It makes you think that maybe he holds the ball too long. Well, that's kind of the play, the the kind of player that he is. He's kind of a quick read. Is my guy there? No play breaks down. I improvise. I'm good at throwing and throwing on the move, making tight throws. But he he hasn't been able to do that because his line is so bad. And part of that's because of the Odell trade. They had to trade their starting right guard. So now they're they're trying to figure some things out, tweaking the line. And then the play the play call by the Browns was was bad. Um they ran a draw on fourth and nine. Draw on third and nine is fine. You know, it it's not a high success rate, but it's it's more successful than than like a, reg, a a typical run just straight up the middle on third and nine. But if you knew you're going for it on fourth and nine, then maybe you run the draw on third and nine and then evaluate. You know, I think the play got three or four yards, which is you know fourth and five is a lot better than fourth and nine. And it that was just super questionable. And then also, uh, the Browns were able to get the ball down on the goal line, down by a touchdown. Uh, late in the game, I think it was like 30 seconds to go, had all three timeouts. You got Nick Chubb in the backfield, and they throw the ball in four straight plays. And the protection broke down. I think they ran two zero blitzes, which is where there's no safety in the middle of the field, and they just basically send everyone. And Baker literally couldn't even... He, he had a guy wide open, but there was nothing he could really do about it because he immediately had someone in his face, so he just had to kind of loft it and hope that his guy could reach to it in time. I I want to say it was Landry, but I, I am not 100% positive on that. So, yeah, that game, I mean, I'm starting to worry about the Browns. Still not impressed with the Rams. Uh, I mean, they're 3-0 and now. Jared Goff still doesn't impress me. Uh, they have a killer wide receiver core. They need to get Gurley involved more. I think it's more of a load management, Kawhi Leonard type of situation. But I also think that he is still suffering from some sort of injury. He got hurt towards the end of last year. And also when he was drafted, um, it was known that he has arthritis in his knee, which happens, but, I mean, it's not good for your feature running back. And he, he's had a ton of touches through his career already, so I think they're just trying to take it easy on him. But I am worried that it, it might be a little bit more than just that. And then to wrap it up, I know this episode's ran a little bit long. I'm just going to talk about the Bears game really quick. Uh, I was only able to see the fourth quarter. Um, I did go back and I watched the the takeaways and, you know, the, the touchdowns. And, you know, Mitch played a good game. Um, I mean, I, I think he deserves some credit for it, but it's, like I said, with uh, the Cowboys and Dak beating Miami, you were supposed to. That's what you're supposed to do. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, Mitch is back, blah, blah, blah. But he had a good game against a bad team. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't get extra credit for it. You just, you know, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. Good quarterbacks beat bad teams. Um, I mean, his three touchdowns, the first two where just anyone can make that throw. But the last one, which I thought was super impressive, where he's on the run and then hits Gabriel with a dime and Gabriel is able to keep his both feet in 
I think that was a really, really impressive play that I didn't really see talked about a whole lot. Um, I'll give him that. And then on the interception, uh, it was underthrown, but watching it back, I watched it back three or four times, and there is a lineman coming in towards his legs, so he's not able to step into it. And, I mean, that obviously is where you generate your power. But I think a lot of quarterbacks are able to generate enough power because it was only – they were on the six, and he got picked off at the one. The ball should have been about two or three yards deep into the end zone to Robinson. So really, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks I think can make that throw. I think he was accounting that he'd be able to step into it, and he never did get to step into it. So not making excuses, just kind of breaking down how I saw it happen. Um, And then David Montgomery... Uh, 13 carries, 67 yards. Didn't really get a lot of touches until late when they were just basically running the clock out. But this dude is <laughs> incredible at breaking tackles. Like I, it's it's really really quite impressive because he he broke. I I can't remember the statistic, but it was an absurd amount of tackles that he broke in his career at Iowa State. I want to say it was like 900 and something. I could be way off though. So. Go go look that up. But, yeah, he broke an absurd amount of tackles, and then he also had one of those Le'Veon Bell type of plays where he's supposed to go to the left and there's nothing there, and he just kind of bounces around behind the line, and then all of a sudden a hole opens on the right side and he darts around it for like 25 yards. And then, obviously, I mean, the main story is the defense. Haha, Clinton Dix had two picks, one being a pick six. Uh, Khalil Mack had a sack. Um, a couple fumbles. Um, let me see here. Yeah, Danny Trevathan had a sack, two tackles for a loss. He he forced the fumble when uh, Case Keenum went over the line and extended as if he were extending across the goal line, which isn't something you really should do just because if it gets swatted out of your hand, you know, it, it's swatted out of your hand. It. It doesn't break the plane. The play is still live. So that's a questionable call by Case Keenum there. And I got to think Dwayne Haskins is going to be in within the next two to three games. Um, depending how they do, they, they play the Giants next week, and I think the Giants will win that game. But uh, I don't see Case Keenum staying there much longer um, as the starter, that is. But, yeah, I mean, the Bears defense, you know, five takeaways, they, they really got – got back to kind of more of what they were last year, which is good. Um, and Eddie Pinheiro, he missed a kick, but he, he had a pinched nerve in his knee, and you could see him after the field goal that he made towards the end, he was hopping around. It was really bothering him. Um, so I hope he's good to go from Minnesota next week and games in the future. But, yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this one. This one went a little longer than I wanted it to, but – I don't know. I I just had a, had things I had to say about certain games that uh, because I was actually able to watch a decent amount of games this time. Um, I don't think I'll really be able to watch much next week, so it'll be mostly me reacting to to you know highlights, stats, things like that. Uh, just narratives that are going around at the current time. Um, I do plan on watching the Thursday night game between Philly and Green Bay. I think Green Bay will win that. Um, their defense is improved from the years past, uh, and 
You know, Philly probably still doesn't have their receivers. Deshaun Jackson's out, but Jeffrey is questionable, but I don't think he's going to play. Um, and then I'll I'll probably be able to watch the Monday night game, which I'm not 100% sure on who that is right now, but those are probably the only two games I'll actually be able to watch just because I have other things going on. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.